The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Not well, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) As promised, listeners, uh, this is basically the I am the cute one takeover of the reality (laughs) is podcast. Last week, it was Donnie. I think even the week before that, it was Donnie. And this week, it's Chelsea. And then the week after uh, next week, it's going to be both of you where I told Donnie, I'm just going to leave it to you guys to talk about the third part of the Salt Lake City reunion. And I'm just going to sit here and listen to you guys. I can't wait. Thank you so much. First of all, hi, everybody. Hello, listeners. <laughs> Thank you, Noor, for letting Donnie bully you. It is really hard to resist once that older sister gets an idea in his little brain. But thank you for having me on because I've been out of the Bravo game for so long. And I am while not well in, you know, my personal life, professional life, any other area of my life, I am thriving when it comes to talking about Salt Lake City. I feel invigorated. I feel alive. I feel ready to just love on these women, hate on these women, and adore these women. <laughs> However long you'll let me. Oh, okay. I can't wait to get into Salt Lake City. Now, I did text you earlier and ask, are you, did you watch Potomac? And you said, nope. Sure didn't. Sure didn't. <sighs> okay. I want to take like three minutes to talk about Potomac because mm-hmm. for P- Potomac, for the both of us, I mean, we have put our blood, sweat, and tears into, first of all, being candy gals. Okay. Forever and always. <laughs> Forever and always. I am so dedicated to that show. But I truly had no desire to put it on this week because it's it just it's bumming me out. Yeah, I checked out of the season and maybe I'll return at some point, but I you know, like sometimes you have a best friend and they are always going to be your best friend, but you sometimes spend too much time with them. And it's like, it's an unspoken, like, we're just going to take a minute. We're going to take a beat. And then, you know, next time we hang out, it'll be cool again, but we're just going to reconfigure. That's how I feel about our Potomac women. I'm I'm not going to talk, well, I'm actively talking shit about them now. So, you know, <laughs> Who am I to say anything? But I'm not going to quit them permanently, but it's time to take a mental health break from them because I'm looking the other way and I'm going to choose to think that this 
season maybe doesn't exist in my canon universe of Potomac. Yeah, I agree. It's one of those things where it's like, um, let's let's talk again after you've you know worked on yourself a little bit, and mm-hmm. I'm going to choose to remember the happier days of our friendship. Yeah, and just ignore this part of this rocky road. Now, I did watch the episode. I took no notes on it, but I did want to tell you one part that during kind of a it was a it was a it was a lot. This episode was a lot. Okay. Um, Karen Huger, my favorite little lady, <laughs> love her so much. She's thriving, may I say. Okay. This season sucks, but Karen Huger, I don't know if she gains power <laughs> when others are – like I don't know if she's like sucking the youth from people or sucking the fun from people, but when things are bad, Karen Huger delivers. She's on the up and up. And that's the bummer also because it's like I really want to watch this and enjoy myself because I'm watching Karen and she's making me laugh. Like there's a mm-hmm. scene where she basically yells at Ray because she got a troubling phone call from her doctor and she called Ray and Ray like was at work and he was like, ah, what do you want? Whatever. And and she, she calls this old man to their cute little gazebo and sits him down and is like, Ray, I didn't appreciate the way you picked up the phone call on me. And I need you to give me my time and don't huff and puff at me. And I was just like, so Relatable cute. queen. <laughs> yes. Relatable. How dare you answer the phone at work in a huff when I have things to tell you, Ray. <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't make him like climb a staircase to get to the gazebo just out of spite. <laughs> Ray, yoo-hoo, Ray. <laughs> so, so she has that. And then she does this really beautiful event for uh, this organization she's part of called PAVE where they raise money and they, you know, um, provide aid and support and services to uh, survivors of sexual assault. And Karen's been involved in that for a really long time. So they had this, like, really beautiful event. And, like, Mia gets really emotional. And it's this, like, really moving scene like this whole moving like whole part of the episode but (laughs) Chelsea oh no so so they're like there's like a woman who's hosting and she's like look around ladies look at us we're in this room of girl bosses and empowered women and the editors zoomed in on Matt the assistant (gasps) just sitting there at the table of women just looking around like what am I doing (laughs) all women and Matt. Wait, Nor, you know my relationship with Matt. No, tell me. Okay, when I first started my account back in 2019, um, for those people who are new to me, hi, hello. If you give me a follow, go ahead and mute my stories like a bad <laughs> pop song. I'll weasel my way in your heart in time, but it's a lot, so just buckle up. But when I started my account back in 2019, It's wild to look back on the content I used to put out because if you think I'm chaotic now, I had no fucking clue, semblance, attempt at just basic norms and standards of what is appropriate to do online. I was obsessed with this man because I didn't watch Potomac back in the day. And Moni from Mixing with Moni, love her, was – I think she is actually responsible for like – if she, if we look at the trickle down effect, trickle down economics, bravonomics, <laughs> Mani is responsible for like eighty percent of current Potomac viewers, just because she was out there spreading the good word. Uh-huh. So she had convinced me to go back and binge watch. 
I was obsessed with this man. I was obsessed with Matt. I needed to know his backstory. I was tagging him. I look back and just full body, butthole clenching cringe. Because I look back, I was tagging him upwards of 25 times a day, talking about potential conspiracy theories of who Matt is. Because if you remember, when he was first introduced to the scene, it was like he was Karen's assistant slash lawyer slash friend slash whatever else. Accountant. And I was like, number one, how old is this man? (laughs) <laughs> number two, what is this man's title? And number three, is he a time traveling wizard? Mm-hmm. Anything is possible. Mm-hmm. And so I like when I used to make my drinking games, I would make him like I would Photoshop his face onto things and make him the background of it and then tag him. <laughs> the fact that this man has not blocked me is proof that like what he deals with on a daily basis being Karen Huger's accountant slash lawyer slash friend slash business manager slash perfume curator is far worse. Slash girl boss. Slash girl boss. (laughs) Slash woman in business. (laughs) Um, Well, you know, he also was like hanging out with Margaret Joseph. Like he's just like a housewife. Like um, I think he's like a housewife. uh, What's the word? Leech. I prefer time traveling wizard, but potato, <laughs> okay. potato, you know. Okay, but he's yeah. he's made his way from Miami up to New Jersey with all these girls. So I love it. it's like if you say his name three times, he will appear in the background scene of a party at a housewives taped event. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Anyway, Potomac is bumming me out, but that was just like the one scene that made me laugh because I was like, mm, these editors, they're like, this is a really serious scene. Cut to Matt. <laughs> Clown bongo music starts in the background. Boom, <laughs> bottom, boom. Uh, okay, let's talk about Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. First, I would like to say I have a few notes on last episode with Donnie. Oh, okay. I did listen so that I could specifically drag him okay. because, as you know, Donnie is my soul sister, best friend, and nemesis. Yeah. A couple of things that I just – I can't let go by. Donnie and his high school ring that he was really sad to lose in the Jersey Shore, of fucking course. Of course he was a person that wore his high school ring past the age of 18. I feel like any person – and sorry if you're listening and you're one of them, but look inward. Any person that wears a high school ring past graduation, mm -mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. It's time to take it off. Get a grip. Also, he said it was gold. So like that also, I'm like, of course – of course, I'm sure it was yellow gold. I'm Yeah, I'm sure it turned his finger green. If he hadn't <laughs> lost it at the Jersey Shore, his finger would have been green quite soon after. Um, number two, it was Barb the Builder, the name Barb. of the housewife you yes. could not think of. I was yelling in my kitchen, Barb, Barbara, Barbara Kay, Barb the Builder. I was so close. I said Roberta. Same energy. Same energy. <laughs> And number three, I love that Donnie continues to talk about what people on Twitter are saying, and it's clear that he's retaining the information of the people he's about to block before he blocks them. Do you know what my Twitter feed is? (laughs) What is it? Even scarier, Nor. The only person I follow on Twitter is Donnie. (laughs) So my Twitter feed is a madman's manifesto because it is literally just every waking thought and tweet that Donnie Hadfield-Smith has put out just 
rapid fire one by one. And let me tell you, it's jarring. The juxtaposition, <laughs> we really go places day to day. So just the other day, somebody, I think there was a picture of um, Charles Milton from uh, May, December, gorgeous man in a t-shirt that said, ask me about my butthole. And Donnie <laughs> retweeted it and said, mine just quivered. So, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. So those are just my only notes. And then one more thing. I do agree with your guys' uh, description of the set being a putt-putt golf course, yeah. but I actually have where it was filmed, and that is Secrets Resort in Ocean City, Maryland. <laughs> and that's a little uh, DMV joke for those who are familiar. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. So season uh, – episode – Jesus Christ. Reunion part <laughs> two. We open back up um, – we open back up on you fucking Range Rover under a fucking carport. Remarkable. Remarkable television. And I am not an Angie K. If I had – if it, this was Survivor and we were voting one bitch off the island, she would be my vote for eviction mm -hmm. until this moment because iconic. She's actually so good at this reunion. She really is and it makes me – have hope and maybe I'm just so delighted by the other cast of characters that I've overlooked her yeah. but I'm ready to get behind this pillar of the community after <laughs> these two episodes we'll see <laughs> yes um they're bickering back and forth Monica and Angie and Meredith and Whitney are like I'm cold of course Whitney's cold what is Whitney wearing we haven't even talked about what Whitney a dolly wearing. a yellow dyed Easter dolly <laughs> it was so bad and Andy's like, let's move on and talk about Monica's terrible relationship with her mother. And we get a whole bunch of LD millionaire and Monica time here. Mm. Now, as a healthcare professional, um, I do have to ask you, what's going on here? A whole bunch of, in my professional opinion, yikes. A whole <laughs> bunch of yikes, more thanks for asking. <laughs> But I want to mostly talk about Andy, and I'm so glad that we're all on the same page. We can all be aligned in the third episode where me, you, and Donnie get together about how bad Andy is at his oh, job God. because he has the same energy at these reunions, and this has been a consistent note I've had for him. He has the energy of like a news anchor who has to switch from a story about a serial killer to like a squirrel water skiing. Mm -hmm. Like he, he's like prayers to the victim. Speaking of prayers, this squirrel is living on one. Like I just, I don't, the segues he makes, he's like a lot to unpack there. Shelby from Raleigh says your relationship with your mom is toxic AF. Meredith, tell me about your boobs. Now the boobs part wasn't this yeah, time, but it's always like, it's Andy, always like, like, what are you doing, bud? What are you doing? It is. It is. And then he also will be like, if, you know, after somebody has like a heartfelt response about something, he'll just be like, ooh, yikes. And then he'll just like move on to something else. <laughs> he like doesn't even take a beat. He's like, ooh, that's hard to watch. So do you think that your relationship with your mom is totally fucked or is it your fault? <laughs> and also I love that this whole segment, like obviously they talk about Monica and yeah. Linda quite a bit, but they also kind of talk about like all of these people's like mommy issues and I was like uh -huh. hello this is what makes you amazing housewives like uh -huh. this is the formula babes 
Yeah, this, I mean, and I don't want to take away from like, this was a t- package together, clip by clip, just a montage of abuse and toxicity. It was rough. It was a rough one. This was a rough clip package. And Andy's like, yikes, oopsie doopsie, <laughs> ew, don't like that, yuck. <laughs> You know, He's like a shock jock, like he thinks. <laughs> yeah. And Andy in the douche. <laughs> boo, 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 boo. Like, He's like, oh, go, Meredith, your boobs. <laughs> honka, honka. If only I wasn't gay. Yikesy, kitty, oopsie, doopsie. Like, oh my God, Andy, like, stop bobbing your head like that. Are you a bobblehead? What's happening? Oh my God. He's the worst. So. Yeah, this whole – but I also enjoyed watching this Linda segment because we got the whole clip package uncensored too. And I was like, this is so fucking mean. So mean. So mean. Um, Linda apparently wanted to be on the show. Lord, if it's not Monica, let it be me. <laughs> and then – but then this is the thing. And, and I know, I'm sorry, I'm like all over the place. But uh, – Heather. Mm-hmm. Heather says, you still filmed with her after that? Heather. 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 Let's not talk about what people have done and you still film with them. Uh-huh. We'll get to the black eye apparently next episode. I'm just like, Heather, like why are you acting like, oh my God, she said that to you and you still films with her? Yeah. Um, how about all of your siblings that you like forced cameras on? <laughs> And you admitted that this was the first time you were seeing them after or speaking to them after years and years and years. Yeah. Because which you disconnected yeah. with them because you they stopped being Mormon before you stopped being Mormon. And now you only talk to them because you're not Mormon anymore. God, Heather's right. the worst. The worst. The worst. And I wish she would just lean into – her full villainry because mm-hmm. even with that, the end of that sentence when he was like, when Andy's like, and do you still talk to your mom? Does she hate you too? <laughs> like she, she's like, no, well, we just exchange a, a text, happy birthday and happy Easter and Merry Christmas. And it's like, and whose fault is that, Heather? Yeah. Like I understand that you definitely like have a lot of stuff that you're unpacking and working through and not all of this certainly like you were a victim in a lot of this but like let's not pretend that this situation with your mom just happened to come about yeah exactly um so we get in this package also sort of because it's related to linda because of the aftermath of that converse of of this event Mm -hmm. but we talk about the great greek easter tumble down the stairs we get footage of it I listen. Do do I want to laugh? No. Did I laugh? Of course. Am I laughing now? Yes. Yes. <laughs> like we cannot deny. And I'm gonna fight Donnie on one more thing. If yeah. he says like Gaga, if there's only one fan, yeah. it's him. I would argue if there's only one fan, it's me, Monica. <laughs> Monica. Nor you know famously. I put it on my tombstone. We need to normalize knowing you have terrible taste in housewives. Of course. Monica is TV gold. This woman puts in the work. She filmed that scene with her mom kicking her out, leaving her at that party after she took a tumble that required a head scan. (laughs) She said, wait, postpone the cat scan. I've got to kick my mom 
out of my life on camera first. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, that's when she told her mother, you can get your own ride home, dead ass. Um, and, apparently- and also, I'll get yeah. my own ride home because I can't drive a car because I might be concussed. <laughs> yeah. Let me grab all my kids, put them in the car, and drive them while I potentially have a concussion home. Then I will go to urgent care. <laughs> oh, Monica. Um, allegedly, then she tries – we get into sort of like how she fought with Angie K afterwards mm-hmm. uh, on Twitter. But, <laughs> but I also just am obsessed with Angie, like – repeating the things that she said over text to her or yes. over tweet over twitter with her including one of them being quote i should sue you you fuck <laughs> i wrote that down too nor i should sue you you fuck <laughs> i love it and there was so much just saying out loud tweets people tweeted this yeah. episode and i love i i it just makes me laugh this this cast is so brilliant because I think they're produ- they're self-produced just enough that they're making great television. And I do think, of course, like we now know with timelines and stuff, like the big reveal at the finale, sure, people may have known beforehand. I don't care. Sell yeah. it. I love yeah. that they're going to sell it. But I really love that in their mind, they are executing like a Broadway show. Mm-hmm. Like in their mind, they are Broadway stars when in reality, it's like an off, 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 off Broadway. Well, it's like a high school production. They are Donnie playing Kaniki in 10th grade and they are really feeling themselves. And I love it. I love the high drama. I love the camp. I am cracking up this whole time. I think that you're really kind to call it a high school production. I would say it's when, remember back in the day when we were kids and you would get like a bunch of neighborhood kids together to do a play? Of course. That's what it is. That's what this is. That is. And yeah, that, yeah. And Heather is the bossy kid who's like, I'm assigning the roles and the lead. God. And it's like, no, clearly Angie is the star here. And Heather's like, no, she's not. <laughs> Jesus, I'm dying. You okay? It's and it's no, it's I don't know what this is. It's because I made fun of Andy and now I have like the Andy grovel of my voice. <laughs> <laughs> um yes, that is wow, that is exactly right. Yeah. And I but in their minds, they are really doing big, big things. And you know, I think that delusion is what makes Housewives delightful. Like I, yes, I support that level of delusion because the only people they are harming are themselves, and that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they don't get it. Like they're not in on the joke, and they really don't get it. Yeah. Like they are putting on a puppet show, but they keep forgetting to like duck behind to show the puppets like they're like they've got their hand in every cookie jar and they're literally just looking at the camera with their hands in the cookie jar and they're like how'd you know yeah exactly exactly it's like donnie said all of these women are mentally ill and that's why the show is so good um we talk about how well we don't talk about they yell about how monica sues everybody and also that meredith Meredith may have encouraged Monica to sue Angie. And they're like, Heather's like, Meredith, did you do that? And Meredith's like, no, 
I didn't. I just, I did say that it could have been, it's like a liability. So yeah, you could press charges. I'm like, no, so you did tell her that you, you should sue her, Meredith? Yeah. That's a real liability. Unlike my bathtub, which I'm laying in currently <laughs> as we have this conversation. I think Meredith yeah. said four words this entire episode. Nor I marked down the timestamp, 1601 is when Meredith said, I didn't say that. And that was the first words she spoke in the episode. I also think Meredith has mastered the art of sleeping with her eyes open. A hundred percent. She's like a shark. <laughs> yeah, she is. Put her in the Baltimore Aquarium. She's ready. <laughs> Heather touches on how Monica is actually suing Heather, but then also skips over the fact that Heather is actually suing Monica first. I, I was love. Like, That's yeah. classic Heather. That's Heather in a nutshell right there. It honestly is. But I do love Monica yelling, I've never sued anybody in my life. <laughs> and then them being like, well, literally just look across the room. And this is where Monica does remind me in a very weird way. So come with me here. She reminds me of Mia from Potomac a little yeah, bit yeah. where she lies about small insignificant shit, but she tells the truth about big things that other people would be embarrassed or shamed by mm -hmm. so like monica will tell you that she slept with her brother-in-law and that like she has this terrible toxic relationship with her mother but like she will lie about like what she bought from the grocery store and like st stand like 10 toes down in that yeah absolutely i think it was last episode we talked about how it was so weird that she was talking about like oh i'm just a whore that has a three thousand square foot house yeah. Apparently, her house is like 1,500 square feet. So it's like <laughs> – which also, by the way, it's still it's a little house, ma'am. You still have a house. Congratulations right. to you. But like it's like that kind of stuff. It's like you're going to lie about stuff like that. Right. And like your point would have been made – I don't know. It just – it's like her arguments are so funny because they're so backwards and yet it makes me – it makes me want to watch a hundred more seasons with her because I'm like, what are you going to lie about while simultaneously telling the truth about? Yeah, I think also <clears throat> what's delightful about Monica is that Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and Real Housewives in general, like any franchise of the show, really try to think about themselves as like, we're not like the real world. We're not like the Jersey Shore. We're a, a much – we're like the classiest reality TV show there is. Like right. they really think themselves to be like the upper echelon of like what reality TV is. We're not like – this is like a prestigious franchise to become a part of, you know? So they are right. always – it's big on like it's about class and elegance and money and all these things and like luxury. And I would argue that the only franchise that that is true in is Beverly Hills and even that is rough. But like – We're they, still having fights about how much you're charging on OnlyFans over there. Exactly. And mm -hmm. so like – or fucking esophaguses. <laughs> Please. I can't. I, I, I avoid the doctor for a reason. I pretend my ailments are fine for a reason. I don't want to be hearing about that anymore. Thank you. I almost choked on the podcast just now. <laughs> Anne-Marie would be like, well, do you have an eating disorder? And I'd be like, yeah, I do actually. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Um, would you like to hear more? <laughs> so 
I think that it's so funny because Salt Lake City really thinks of themselves that way. Like that, you know, like Lisa Barlow arguing that she's not the 1% and then getting offended that she actually is the 1%. Like it's just all of that stuff. So Mm -hmm. I think that the girls look at Monica as like less than them. And you kind of, you talked about this on your, on your Instagram and on Twitter, but like they all look at her like the help. Like they look at her like a minion and they don't understand how, how could somebody like her get on a show like this, like this good? And it's like, honey, mama, you're all trash goblins in the same dumpster. And Uh if we're, and if you stop thinking that the show is better than it is, Monica is actually reality TV gold. She brings that early 2000s je ne sais quoi about about reality TV that I think is so good. Like I saw like something the- that she should be on like Teen Moms All Grown Up or something like that. <laughs> yes. It's that l- inability to think about any repercussions of what you're showing on television, which, yeah. you know, like if we get – if we think about that too long, do I want to think about it too long? No, I don't because I want her to keep doing exactly what she's been doing. But yeah, you're exactly right where these ladies have this sense of what the show is and no. no. Oh no. No, 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 no. no. Like no. your 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 hands represent Jurgens, Lisa Barlow. Like <laughs> You are not like, no, 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 it's not a high class. This is not high brow that she's bringing down. And also I love the argument and like this unspoken thing, which I'm sure will be spoken out loud in part three, where like Monica was a fan that infiltrated the show type of energy. And I'm like, let's not forget that Heather Gay has been tweeting Andy for years about this show. Like any new housewife that comes to the scene at this point is a fan. And so, yeah, I would just argue that maybe Monica put in a little extra legwork. She was having burner accounts. She was tweeting on the side. She had opinions about the show, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Now I have to ask you, what is a worse insult? A trampoline Mm. with eyes, you're ugly and old, or (laughs) I wouldn't want to be your mother? Hmm. I think you're ugly and old. <laughs> I'll be called a trampoline with eyes, especially after I learned that meant the skin was bouncy. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be your mother. Well, I'm, my mother doesn't want to be my mother. So, you know, you're just speaking facts. <laughs> Honestly, truly, I I wouldn't want to be my own mother. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's I get lot. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a mother to two humans and that's about Max. And sometimes I wonder to myself, why did I do this? (laughs) I love this like list, this like ordering of what's worse. Like what insult that we have, we've all been slinging insults, but which is the one we should be offended by? Yeah. I think like Monica has a case of the Candace Dillard Bassett's also, which is Mm. where she's, um, you know, it's, it's Skipper. It's baby sister. It's I want to be able to be as shitty as the rest of you, but you all are holding me to a standard that's not fair. And it's like, yeah, I agree. I, to be honest, in that regard, like I agree with that. I think it's not fair when everybody's like shocked and mortified about a fucking burner account. And like, meanwhile, you know, we know what Lisa Barlow has said about Meredith. 
Right. Yeah. I think it's also, it is a case of candy gal syndrome where when she feels attacked, she pulls the reverse Michelle Obama. Like if you go low, I'm going to go to hell and back. I'm going to go as low as I can. And then she's like, well, you said mean stuff too. But I also, the thing about this burner account and reality Vontis and Donnie and I talked about this shameless plug, patreon.com slash I am the cute one to hear me and Donnie's uh, quote unquote 20 minute breakdown of the finale. That was just over an hour of us talking about stuff. But we talked about the fact that like essentially Reality Von Tease started out as like a whistleblowing account. Like it was mm-hmm. like victims coming forward about the way their boss treated them. And any fallout about like what was said about the women on the cast were things that Jen Shaw, who they continued to film with, said about them. And yes, of course, it's duplicitous and diabolical that then she was able to like put that to the side and join the cast. But like there was a purpose that was very like authentic to like the reason behind the account. And I also, I hope, my on my heart of hearts, I hope she keeps using this account to mm-hmm. tweet about Bravo mm-hmm. shows. I hope this account stays as a fan account and it's like a Donald Glover childish Gambino, Gambino situation where after this season, I don't want her to ever acknowledge it's her again. And I want her to be a fan account tweeting just whatever she wants about the shows. And like, if Andy were to ask her on Watch What Happens Live, like, well, you tweeted this. She's like, no, I didn't. Reality Devontees did. That's a different, yes. that's a different character. Yeah. And also that account is run by like six different people. So it's who, who knows who said it. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I, I love, love it. it. And you're absolutely right. Like it, it, I think the reason why Heather is so pissed off about it is not because this account actually did or said mean things about her. It's the fact that the account lays out clearly what a fucking chump Heather has been mm-hmm. over all these years putting up with Jen Shaw's bullshit. So like that's why Heather hates it so much. And also I strongly believe that Heather never intended for this to come out on the um at the finale i don't think that that was her plan Mm -hmm. i think her plan changed when um when monica did that whole thing with like oh well meredith i got this uh dm Mm -hmm. and in bermuda and also when (laughs) because heather at the end of the day is like a you know a judgy judy from a church when monica started being like do you talk to your daughter about sex And then suddenly Heather was like, oh, this woman is going to cross the line and I don't like the way she talks and she might talk about my family and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And I think that's when she decided to like say, okay, now I'm going to tell everybody about reality bonties. But I think her only intention with that stupid ass, like that squid games dinner that she did (laughs) Mm -hmm. was she was going to just talk about the black eye. But I think that Mm. she brought in the reality bonties just to be like, Take this, producers. Yeah. That makes sense because we know that she had that information long in advance. Yeah. I still stand by – I mean, I talk a lot of shit about Heather, but I do commend her for that performance she put on getting that phone call in that hotel room. Like, she really sold it. And at the end of the day, that's all I need people to do. Just sell it. Just sell us a story and entertain me, and I'm fine with that. But – this is this is just a random random thing about cuz now I'm thinking about Heather summoning the core four to the beach to tell the them best. about the the situation. Did you know what 
This makes me laugh so much. And I know we'll get to the problematic shit that she says later because as is tradition, Lisa Barlow is, you know, problematic, number Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. But did you hear what she said, like what she thought Heather was summoning them for? (laughs) No, can you tell me? Yes. And this is why like I you can't you can't even predict what her brain is gonna come up with. So somebody <laughs> tweeted her like, What did you think when Heather told you to come? Like where you were because she came like in such a like such a panic. She's like, I don't know. I thought she saw a whale or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I just imagine like Lisa Barlow half dressed, sprinting out to see a whale that Heather saw in the ocean oh my in the God. Bermuda Triangle. Why? How does her brain function the way that it does? Diet Coke. Diet <laughs> Coke and Chick-fil-A. Oh, well, so back at the reunion, Lisa mm-hmm. and Monica now are fighting. They're yelling at each other. We find out that Monica was talking about John Barlow and another <laughs> Angie K. You said that John is a penis head. And then Heather goes, why? Why would you do that, Monica? Why would you call John a penis head? <laughs> and Andy gives like Jim from the office space to the camera like, ooh. <laughs> I love this show. Now, a penis head, is that like a dickhead? Or is she saying that his face looks like a penis? I don't know. That would be a good clarif- – see, if Andy was doing his job, that would be a good clarifying question. Instead of bobbling your head at the camera, camera three, ooh, you could say – just just out of curiosity, is that because you think he's a dick or does the tip of his head resemble a flaccid penis? I'd like to know the answer. <laughs> he does have a little teeny head, so maybe it is like – I mean, know. I'm thinking about it and I'm like, yeah, I could see that. I could see why somebody would look at John Barlow's head and be like, kind of looks like a dong. <laughs> <laughs> looks like a little weenie. <laughs> But just like the passion with which Heather's like, why? Why would you call him that? (laughs) Oh, my God. So you know how Heather says everything is devastating? Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Uh-huh. Just this morning, my kids were talking about snow Uh and how they were like – because there's been ice and snow in the house. And so some of the trees in our neighborhood have fallen, but none, thankfully, on our house. But we used to have a lot of trees in our backyard that we got rid of because they were, like, dying and whatever. And so I was telling the kids, I was like, you know, when we first moved here and you guys were babies, we had to get rid of the trees because they were dying. And we didn't want that to them to fall in our house. And Aiden was like, that would have been devastating. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) Heather. Here. <laughs> Why? Why would you call that tree falling on our house a penis head? <laughs> I just love the earnesty. And that's the thing with Heather is like just as much as I can cast her out, she draws me back in. And I do think at the end of the day, now am I going to be on Twitter being like, hashtag queen, relatable no. queen, mm-hmm. I bow down? No, of course not. Because I famously love the person who's most likely to tweet something problematic and get canceled next. And I think <laughs> that Heather's smarter than that. But I do – find her relatable. And I do love the earnesty that she's like, but why? Why would you call him a penis head? (laughs) So funny. 
Um, we find out why Monica has so many names and I have to ask you, cause this is sort of like, I sort of touched on this a little bit. Donnie and I were like, I don't know how much we could talk about this on record, but it was like Monica saying to casting that they need a feisty Latina. Or oh, you're not bringing Latina. me into this. I heard that. You're not <laughs> a white woman. I would like my silence to be noted next <laughs> to quote Ariana Grande's last hit song. Thank you. Next. <laughs> All right, we'll just skip over that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We go to Jack's mission. Um, mm-hmm. Lisa Barlow, speaking of problematic people that we love, uh-huh, uh-huh. Lisa Barlow says that the reason why Jack didn't get to go on his mission is because for his visa picture, he hilariously took a picture of himself without a shirt on on a yacht and sent it for his visa. And so his visa got denied. And she's lolling it up. And uh, like this whole segment. This whole mm-hmm. segment, she's like, ha, 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 Jack did that. He thinks it's so silly, blah, 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 all this stuff. Oh, like, yes, Mormonism doesn't support the LGBTQIA community, but, like, what religion does? And then they talk about the mission stuff, and mm-hmm. they keep drilling in on how the exciting thing is that he will come back and be fluent in Spanish. Uh-huh. It was so fucking weird, man. I mean, I'm not going to say it was weird. It was so problematic because it was like, here's a bunch of white women on stage talking about, like, he's not taking this shit seriously at all. He's sending a picture of himself shirtless to get a visa. Mm -hmm. He doesn't think it's that serious. But they're, like, convincing her, like, no, he's going to come back really serious. He'll know how – he'll know what it's like to work in the rain and speak Spanish. You know, I would have liked to hear what the spicy Latina had to say about that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, but you're exactly right. It's, And I think this is the crux of – it was clear to me, and maybe I'm putting my own spin of how I would think about it, but I don't think I'm wrong. I never think I'm wrong. So, you know, <laughs> let me tell you what I think, which is fact. It's clear Lisa Barlow is processing – in her own time, the fact that her son has chosen to become basically an Orthodox Mormon and go on a mission where he can't speak to his family except for once a week. And she is processing what that means about her as a mother, what that means about her religion, what that means about his future. And it's clear she doesn't, she's not going to ever share, and maybe one day, but She's not going to share her authentic thoughts on the topic because I think that she is worried about her standing and relationship with her son. And she is going to protect that above what she says on the show. So on the show, she's going to present this nice, lovely facade of support and, you know, Mormonism is great. And yes, I'm going to be a, building a bridge for the LGBTQ, but not not anything with racism because that doesn't exist, oh but God. definitely for the gay people, I'm going to build a bridge. And I do think she is walking on eggshells with her own son. And so she is then projecting this image of like, yep, everything's totally fine, totally supported. Everything's good. I think that she let him send in that passport photo shirtless. And she was like, you go ahead and send that, Jack. You've been working out. Those abs look sparkling. I think she was trying to sabotage that mission. I think she was too. And I think that her adding to this like, ha, 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 like we're so silly and fun. Like, see, Jack's totally normal. Like he's not, he's not an orthodox like 
fundamentalist who's going to a country of black and brown people and trying to indoctrinate them into a religion that Mm -hmm. is based on white supremacy. No, Jack would never do that. And it's like, I think she's trying to be like, we're still the fun and games, Mormon 2.0 Barlow's, like nothing's going to change that. And that's what like Heather and Whitney are like, probably going to change a little bit and that and and lisa keeps being like no my sister went on mission and john went on mission and my brother went on mission and they weren't weird they just said they weren't weird they just came back and spoke spanish yeah i just yeah they weren't weird they were just speaking another language kooky quirky good times over here just fun times at the barlow house and then Hola. She, yeah and then she even says like no jack's gonna come back and help us with the business in mexico girl yeah <laughs> and i think i honestly in a weird way in a weird way i do think that heather's approach at this reunion while very cringy in terms of like privileged white women like you said saying like he's gonna learn how to work hard and learn spanish and learn how to be a man like i feel like this was actually the most appropriate way of trying to connect with Lisa. Like, I understood why Lisa kept Heather at an arm's length this entire season about this subject because it was clear Heather is approaching it from a very aggressive and maybe rightfully so, like, what the fuck are you letting your son do perspective. But this was the first time where I felt like she was – meeting Lisa where she was of like, here are all the amazing things that could come from it. And then it's her and Whitney that are like, but you know, he might come back a little weird. But (laughs) to me, to me, and I thought like Whitney was actually, it was very endearing how she's like, you know, a little weird and not a bad weird, but just a little weird. Like I, I think the fact that Lisa was like so resistant to even receiving that of like he's going to come back from this mission where he's literally not allowed to talk to his parents except for once a week and he's like essentially going like door to door to sell Mormonism he's going to come back a little weird I feel like Lisa is maybe at the beginning stages of grappling with like oh shit I was able to be Mormon 2.0 and I was able to like receive the perceived benefits of this religion in a way that was very like choose your own adventure style. But perhaps my proximity to this very high demand religion was a little too close. And now my son has been like sucked into the vortex in a way that I was not originally anticipating. Yes, absolutely. And I always think that like Lisa Barlow doesn't acknowledge the fact that like she gets to be Mormon 2.0 because her husband is like a temple elder. Like her husband is Mm -hmm. a garment wearing, like temple going Mormon. And it's interesting that they cut to that scene with um, Heather and Whitney where Heather straight up says like, Lisa's not a real Mormon. And I'm like, yes, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that Heather, even when she is no longer Mormon, is still judging people for the level of like Mormonness they are. And she's like, no, Heather, you know, Lisa's not a real Mormon. Let's just go ahead and say it. She's not a real Mormon. And it's like, why are you so obsessed with that? And I think it's because if Heather could be married to a temple going 
garment-wearing Mormon man and have access to all of the stuff that Lisa has access to, then Mm -hmm. she also could be a cool, fun Mormon. But the reality is that because the church is deeply, um, you know, patriarchal, Mm -hmm. you don't get access to that as a divorced woman Mm -hmm. who drinks and does whatever because it's and, all related to your husband. Yeah. So and she's talked about that before of like her the repercussions of her and her husband getting divorced is different than the repercussions that he faced. But I also it and I feel for her and this is where Heather is like I feel I feel for her and she's so complex because she's full of shit but like I don't think she knows she's full of shit all the time. Yeah. Like she's basically mad that Lisa doesn't have to follow the rules but gets the perceived benefits of being Mormon. But now she's also like showing concern about the larger issues at large. And to me, it's almost like – and obviously like the stakes are much different. But it's almost like Bethany and her reality reckoning. And it's like, bitch, yes, the points you're bringing up about reality television and exploitation and all of those things, the points you're bringing up are valid. However, didn't you just pitch a show to Bravo? Like if they picked up that show, you would be fine with it. But now because you're on the outs, you're going to use your megaphone to let everybody know what's wrong with the establishment. But if you had the chance to be back in and reaping the benefits of that, you would 100% be back in. I think it's the exact same thing. And I would say reality TV and Bravo and Mormon Church is pretty much the same level of toxicity. (laughs) Yeah. And our like be cool, don't be all uncool merch is essentially the garb to enter the temple. (laughs) BravoCon is the Mormon temple. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, Listen – it doesn't matter what they say next, but they go to lunch and Mary M. Cosby enters this pop pop she golf sure course in Ocean City, Maryland. <laughs> she sure does. She sure does. She shares her disdain for Angie K, of course, before telling everybody that she likes her, but she says <laughs> that it's because of cake and Jensha. <laughs> <laughs> this woman, she's the exception to every rule. Yeah. Like any rule I've said of like people need to play the game and they need to participate and they need to – they signed mm-hmm. up for reality TV and they mm-hmm. need to show it all. I feel like this season she was utilized just enough. Like we don't need her to have her own storyline. I don't want to remember that she's probably scamming her congregation. I don't want to think about her being both a perpetrator and a victim in yes. some way or yes. another. But – I would like her to continue to be brought on a couple of times an episode to call Whitney a little girl and then making like a stinky poo-poo face at Angie and then just let her go have her fish fillet, you know? <laughs> like wake up bobblehead was so funny. <laughs> I Mary's faces whenever Angie exists <laughs> just makes me laugh so hard. Like just like the the look of just like she smelled a stinky, stinky smell. And then she's like, no, I don't mind you. I'm I'm good with you. You can take it. I was like, oh, so you're just saying you like Angie because you can say whatever the fuck you want to her and she's still going to be tell you that you have lipstick on your teeth. Yes, exactly. That's so funny. Andy asks her, who do you like in this group? And she says, Angie, Monica, because she's pretty and Meredith. And I was like, you literally just said you didn't like Angie because she was touching you and getting cake all over you. And she reminds you of Jen Shaw. Again, there's no rules here. It doesn't make any sense. Topsy-turvy world with Mary M. Cosby. Truly. 
Um, speaking of topsy turvy, Heather had called Mary's house topsy turvy, <laughs> and Heather says she dislikes Heather. Or sorry, Mary says she dislikes Heather because of the comments on her house, and it kind of gets into like Mary versus Lisa. And somehow I totally got Mary's point here, which is that like Mary says mean shit to people, but she says it to their face. Yes. She's not fake. She's you cannot call her fake. And I understood her point because Heather's walking through that house being like, wow, ooh. And it's like, Heather, you know that Mary's house looks like a set from Spy Kids. Yes. We are just one room away from Thumb Thumbs coming out and doing a little dance. Like, <laughs> I understood Mary being like, no, I'm a monster, but I say it to your face. I will call you inbred, but you hurt my feelings about my house. Yeah, exactly. And then Heather doesn't own it either because she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I said the house was beautiful and I wanted a tour and it was great. And it's like, bitch, you said that it was a house from Whoville. Like, <laughs> let's not – just own it. Just say, it's yeah. Like, I love Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Like, just own that shit. And I think it's the same thing with Lisa. It's like, Lisa's like, oh, well, Mary, when I'm honest to you, you stop talking to me. Okay, that's Mary's choice. Maybe you should stop talking to her when she's mean to you. But that's the wild part, Nora. Like, I feel like all of these women are still vying for her approval. Yes. Like, all of them leaned forward on that couch when Andy asked the question, who do you like? <laughs> like, all of them were secretly hoping she would say their name. They're like, please, 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 please. please, please. please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's wild. It is. Um. You're right in that like the level of utilization of Mary on this season was perfect because we got too much information about her relationship with her son and sort of daughter-in-law. Again, mm -hmm. understood Mary's point. Didn't want to hear it. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. She's not wrong. Ladies, stop faking orgasms. Okay? A sex positive queen, Mary Cosby. I wouldn't have known, but love it. <laughs> and honestly, like that's so that's so not like old-fashioned. Like I just imagine her being like straight up to like her grandpa, husband, daddy, whatever he is, mm -hmm. just being like, no, I'm not going to have sex with you because you're old and I'm not going to make you think – and I'm not going to make you think that I like this because I don't like it. No, I – well, I don't want to get – I don't want to think too hard about her sex life because, again, there's a reason why as a friend of she thrives because I don't want to think about her it's life too, too much dark. because it's too dark, it's too sad, and I want to keep laughing when I'm watching these shows, but – I do believe that Mary M. Cosby has never faked an orgasm a day in her life. <laughs> Not once. Not once. And you know what? For that, she's a champ. Because mm -hmm. ladies, again, stop faking orgasms. Stop it. Mm -hmm. um, they get to Whitney and Mary, and Mary says straight up, Whitney is terrified of me. <laughs> uh, Whitney says that she apologizes. She kind of apologizes about calling them, a pred them predators. Mm -hmm. But then they talk about this, like, tweet that Whitney had about calling Mary evil because there was a scene where Mary was saying, I don't want to, like, be around these people who have showed no growth. And Mary and Whitney's like, well, I got offended because I've been spending so much money in therapy and Mary said that I'm not healing. So, like, Mary, what's up with that? And then Mary's <laughs> like, I think it's true. And then Whitney's like, well, I also tweeted that because <laughs> you said that I was racist. Wait, before we get to the racism smoking gun, can I can we back up to how Andy um 
Barbara Walters, a.k.a. Andy, read that tweet. He literally goes, OMFG, skull emoji. I'm like, Andy. <laughs> like, like, we're really treating this with a lot of passion here. I was like, Andy, we don't need skull emoji, skull emoji. Like, come on. Skull emoji, coffin emoji. Prayer <laughs> yeah. hands, hashtag, you dumb bitch. <laughs> Speaking of dumb bitches, Mary, you called her racist. Let's talk about that. <laughs> the transition of, like, of all this stuff. So, Chelsea, I have to ask you, is the Salt Lake City cast racist? <laughs> well, as a white woman, may I please say with authority, I, I mean, this was – I love Mary saying, I didn't tweet anything about you. I just said you were racist. <laughs> again, again, it's like I didn't insult you. I just said that you look inbred. <laughs> And I said it to your face. So what's the problem? <laughs> exactly. You came to my house. You asked me a question. I answered honestly. You do look in bread. I will say in terms of race relations PR training, Whitney did do everything she was told by her PR team she should do. There were times where Mary was speaking and she said, you're right. I will never know that experience. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. Is there anything specific? I'm learning, Mary. I was like, wow, that literally could have just been copy pasted from like <laughs> what to do in 2020 after posting that black square. So they get into like the racism in Mormonism. And she mm -hmm. says the reason why I think Whitney and Heather are both racist is because of the church that they belong to, because Mormonism is rooted in a lot of racist beliefs. Mm -hmm. And Heather and Whitney both say it. And this is where Lisa Barla goes into full denial is um she mm -hmm. says no what is anyone to ask me i'm mormon and then she whispers thorough ba bailey is black and mormon and then at one point she says well i'm jewish and mormon talking about how mormonism is racist and i was like babe what is what are what is going on lisa barlow what are you saying lisa barlow was a fembot who had short-circuited like her head was literally smoking and she was like zoo, 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 zoo. couldn't be true couldn't be true it's like let me take this opportunity to do the mormon equivalent of i have a black friend like yeah. let me point out a black person i know who's mormon and also i'm jewish and also uh it was, was like very dorit very Dorit. Very – my mother had a best friend, also my housekeeper's situation. Yes. Yes. So Whitney says since she's no longer a member of the Mormon church and she is just – you know, she's really worked hard to like distance herself from it. She believes that the accusation of her being a racist is a big one. And I love Mary because Mary essentially says – you don't do racist things, but you got big racist energy. And Whitney, surprisingly, is like, oh, okay. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> Thank you for that feedback. I'm As listening and learning. I'm muting myself for this week so that I can amplify melanated voices. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. <laughs> OMFG, skull emoji. <laughs> skull emoji, skull emoji. <laughs> Black fist emoji. Oh. <laughs> Whitney would tweet that. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I don't – like that's the thing. The thing about Mary is like she's not wrong. And mm -hmm. I'm actually like it was important for this point. I don't know if it's ever like so explicitly been said before. It's been danced around. But like it is 
a very fair and valid point. It was just interesting to see her point it in the direction when she was speaking from the context of the Mormon church's ideology, pointing that towards Whitney, who has actively removed herself from the church and not just directly to her right where Lisa Barlow is having a full toddler <laughs> tantrum pushing back against it. Yeah. But I mean, I guess there's no denying just the vibe. And I think honestly, like I, I, I respected Whitney being like, I can't argue with you because I don't know your experience. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. And the other thing is, I just have to say, put this out there. Hey, listen, guys. When somebody says, I think you're being racist and they're a person of color, like, just listen to them because most of the time you are. And here's the thing. Most of us are racist. It's that you need to be anti-racist. So I think like for all these white ladies, by the way, everybody on stage, their buttholes clenched so hard. I have never seen Heather sit up so upright when that whole conversation started happening. She's like, oh boy, here we go. Here we go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they move on to the Bermuda dinner and they ask Mary's thoughts about it. And Mary's like, I don't understand what the big fucking deal is. It's not that serious. She's like, I use Instagram to post half crop pictures of myself set to weird music and using a thousand hashtags. I don't know. I don't understand what a burner account is. I love her so much. She tweeted just today. <laughs> A picture, a video of herself just kind of looking into the camera that she made probably right after getting her glam done at the reunion. Mm-hmm. And the music is um, What Was I Made For by Billie Eilish from the Barbie movie. <laughs> it's like this woman's brain. I mean. I love it. She has the same energy of like an aunt who doesn't have kids, has 16 cats, who comes to a family dinner every 12 years and has just discovered what Wi-Fi is. Like, I'm not sure that Mary Cosby doesn't plug her phone into a modem before uploading those pictures. And I love that for her. Exactly. Absolutely. So they're trying to, because Mary shows an ounce of, you know, (laughs) sympathy for Monica, Heather and Lisa jump on it. They introduce this audio and they say that in the audio, Monica called Mary a stupid, a dumb bitch. A dumb bitch or was it a stupid bitch? I want to be accurate. I think dumb bitch was the phrase I heard. (laughs) And now that leaked audio has been on the internet now for three weeks. It's Tanisha's like millions of voice notes Mm -hmm. and that audio is not about mary the audio is about jen and she's saying that she's going to dm mary and tell her what jen said and she could probably send it to mary in a burner account she could probably use reality bonties because everybody's looking at it and in the end of the audio she goes but mary would probably just delete that message i don't think she'd ever see it like it's very clear what it is but the way that Heather and Lisa are going hard against Monica mm-hmm. over this just tells me again you don't actually care about what Monica said about you guys on the internet because they don't think she said anything you're actually still fighting the Jen Shaw fight on her behalf on this show because you are just looking down at the fact that Jen Shaw's assistant unpaid assistant hanger on her got on the show Absolutely. And again, I only like conspiracy theories when it comes to reality TV and also the one conspiracy theory about 
Avril Lavigne being replaced by a body double named Melissa. I'll never tire of that one either. (laughs) But my thing is, I do believe that in that burn book, it's going to be what Monique Samuels thought she was bringing with the binder to the reunion. I think that burn book is going to be full of DMs from all of the women to Reality Von because as a content creator in that time, and Nora, I know you Yes. Are familiar. All of us knew about this account because this account was in our DMs, as were all of the Salt Lake City women. The Salt Lake City women were, I mean, Jen Shaw was sending out merch yes. to recruit people. Now, you and I never received the merch Not because us. I was talking shit from day one. I knew something was, the milk wasn't clean there. But like, she, people were in DMs giving information, acting like you were their bestie. And I believe that all of these women were feeding this account information, talking shit. And now they're like, oh shit, we've got to do our best to, to band together discredit the hell out of this woman and then try to never film with her again or else she's going to blow our lives up with all of the shit we've been talking about each other. Exactly. If You know, you guys, you have to remember, when Salt Lake City dropped, it was COVID. Mm-hmm. We had all started our podcasts. Everybody. I think, I think every very, person in the world. Every person in the world. I think the very first episode I ever recorded with a guest about any particular episode was Mani and we talked about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and at that time they had been reaching out to all the Bravo accounts Mm -hmm. because that's how they were getting traction for the show. They were setting up Zoom calls with the entire show. They were sending merch boxes. I think Vita Tequila went to a whole bunch of people. Like everybody was being contacted by social media. So it's actually kind of really smart that Reality Von Tease came around and was like, let me jump in here and mm-hmm. actually put the truth out about this terrible woman, Jen Shah. Because you also have to remember the timeline of when this account popped up. This was before any inkling of all of the illegal shit Jen was doing. This is yes. still when she was like, queen, slay, mama, our reality God, like Shaw Squad forever. Like she was still a fan favorite at this point. And this account popped up and was like, oh no, actually, here's her chucking a cell phone at an employee's head. Here's her berating her cast members. And that's the wild thing, too, is everything from this account was shit Jen Shaw said about them. It was never Monica talking shit about the cast. It was her talking about what Jen had said about the cast. And here's the thing. I think that they're also trying to shut down the validity of Monica as like a reliable source Mm -hmm. because she is going to show them all of the shit that they have been saying about each other to Mm -hmm. her in the DMs, which is, again, I think it's something that you brought up before too, which is that like ultimately they're just mad that they – that all their shit is about to be aired out. All the things that they were doing is about to be aired out. And I'm like, don't be mad. Own it. Yeah. And I feel like the fact that they took that super specific clip that was totally out of context, like Heather had all of that information. We now know she knew about all the leaked videos and she yes. was talking to people that were potentially also involved in Reality Bontees. So like she knows what she's doing in painting this story about like how Monica is going to talk shit about everybody. But let's also not forget this account essentially disappeared when Jen went to jail. Like it's only back up because like, you know, they wanted to promote Monica of like, look at her on this season. But they, it did its job. It 
blew the whistle, and then it kind of disappeared until now. Yeah, and I think ultimately it also will show that in whatever way these women had known about the stuff that Jen was doing before they suddenly was were completely like, blindsided. you know, um, blindsided by Jen pleading guilty. Like, no, you weren't – first of all, you were never blindsided about it because you already mm-hmm. knew about it. You knew it was all going to happen. You knew that she was guilty. You mm-hmm. were just supporting your piece of shit friend because she's a piece of shit and so are you. Right. Right. And I think ultimately they are worried about the implications of them knowing more than they've let yes. on to. And I think that's why they're panicking and doubling down. And so I think their motive is, hey, we're going to put all of the bullshit between us, all of the feuds. We'll save that for next season. We're going to pretend we're over it and then definitely bring it up episode one of next season. But we need to band together to discredit the hell out of this lady episodes one and two so that when she comes with that burn book, we can say, no, no, that's out of context. Nope, nope. Like, I, I'm very interested to see how they're going to react. If I'm true, if 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 my, but I think I am. Like, I, I there's something always, in that burn. You're book. always right. I'm always famously always. <laughs> I've never been wrong my entire life. 34 years, my streak continues. But I do. I just am interested to see how they react. But the thing about this women, these women, is I don't think, I don't think they're capable of holding strong to the facade. Like, I don't think it's going to be a Fox Force situation where they're all like, here's the plan and we're going to follow it because I think they're all way too impulsive and reactionary where like, yes, I think their plan is we're going to be like, that's not true. Nope, we're not fighting with each other. But all it's going to take is like the first insult about Lisa Barlow for her to lose her mind. And then it's going to be like dominoes. Exactly. The only reason why I think – the only two people who I feel like could maybe trust each other would be maybe Heather and Whitney. But even that is like on a very – it's on thin ice. Mm -hmm. The minute that either any of them feels slightly distrusted or betrayed, they will will totally drop the ball on the whole thing. I mean – even that makeup that they had in the last episode of the season where Whitney and Heather are screaming about exploiting vaginas the night before. Uh-huh. And suddenly Whitney is like, sorry, I misread whatever you read. And then I guess you didn't mean it. And Heather's like, yeah, I read you the book. And Whitney is like, yeah, but you read it to me. I read it myself and it was different. <laughs> like Words that- are hard. Words- and then she's like, well, you were being crazy. And then Heather's like, Yeah, I was the crazy one. Like you could see it's like we are just going to put a cork in this one and let it explode on a different occasion. Yes, exactly. And so it was so obvious that those two were like, let's just put it aside. Let's table this one until we get down to it later. But even the way they were also talking to each other during the reunion of Heather being like, yes, Whitney, I don't remember that I called you a hypocrite, but if I did, I'm really sorry. And Whitney's like, thank you, Heather. I really needed to hear that. Like, it's just so phony because – Thank you, Heather. I was just about to add another Claire's necklace to my neck, but (laughs) instead I'm going to put it down. I'm going to put down the Claire's necklaces. It's one too many. Thank you. I needed to hear that. (laughs) It's so stupid. And so – and also I just think it's so funny because in all this, Meredith is asleep because I genuinely think on that beach the person who was truly the most shocked is Meredith Marks because she didn't know what that meant. Like I think when when Meredith was like – when they were like, she's reality aunties. (laughs) I don't think Meredith knew who that was. 
that amazing iconic screenshot of her with like the hair in her face <laughs> that was her being like that was her waking up from a disco nap being like what day is it and also why am i on a beach and lisa says there's a whale here what's <laughs> happening like I genuinely think that she's the only person who is truly shocked but also confused because I don't think that she really knows or cares about any of this stuff. I think the stuff that she's annoyed about is like you were in my store and you lied about being in my store or you well, were – yeah. Yeah. But also Reality Von Tees was, again, the whistleblower, not the person who said it but the person who pointed out. But I do believe Reality Von Tees was the person who posted the screenshots of Jen – outing Brooks. Oh. So I do think that it may have been on her radar in terms of that was like the first account like and I mean I I I do think that she has a personal attachment to like how it affected her family, but again, it's just going to take I think all of the and the thing that makes this show great is all of the alliances are so tenuous that all it's going to take is Monica bringing out that burn book and pointing out any of the women talking shit about their quote-unquote ally for the whole place to burn to the ground. And that's what makes us so delightful. So delightful. Like, um, do, you think, other, yeah. do you think Monica's going to come back next season? I think that she has to because she has a lot of bills to pay. Well, she can just sue people. And then Nobody's <laughs> buying those baby blankets. <laughs> Nobody's buying them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if not this, I think she just becomes like a TikToker. People make so much fucking money on TikTok, you guys. How? How? My views. Poor Tom Hamlet. Shout out if you're listening. I try, I've. I was like, New Year, new me. I'm not a typical millennial. I can. I can do other platforms too. I'm going to become a TikToker. I put one of my. Stupid scientist line graphs on TikTok. And Tom was so sweet. He sent me a screenshot and was like, Baby girl, when you post on TikTok, it zooms in. You can't read this. It was just like a zoomed in thing. I just left it. I was like, Fine, fuck it. Like, I, I respect to people who can make money on TikTok. It's not my journey. No, you, you had to put the graph in the background, use the green screen, and talk about it. That's the way you use TikTok. This line goes up and down. The joke here is that the <laughs> this is just a dot to signify that it didn't really mean much in this graph. What I've learned about TikTok is like, it's not the place for graphics or memes. Like, it's more a place of reality action and human being like responding to a thing mm -hmm. and I'm like I am so sick and tired of talking after I'm done podcasting <laughs> that the re the way I use social media is by being completely silent <laughs> like social media to me is like my mouth isn't moving and I'm just scrolling so like mm. if now I have to in addition to this other shit I'm doing now I have to like use my voice to talk about stuff on TikTok sure mm-hmm for me, social media is a place for me to post 97 consecutive pictures with words that I've typed and not spell checked. Yeah, of course. So, and that in TikTok, that's not that's not for me. But if Monica wants to make money on TikTok, I say Godspeed to you. Do put those baby blankets on TikTok shop. Yeah, or or just continue making your little car wash videos where you get sued by the car wash. <laughs> I guess that's the thing. She is right. She does not sue people. She gets sued. I know. <laughs> what did she say to Angie K? <laughs> I should sue you, you fuck. 
I should sue you, you fuck. That's what everybody's saying to her. It's like that Oprah Winfrey interview. Were you – are you suing or were you sued? <laughs> you fuck. You fuck. You get sued and you get sued and you get sued. <laughs> Except for Monica. It's like you sue me and you sue me and you sue me. And also this car wash. Let me wash my car. <laughs> oh, God. Any other thoughts about these sweet delusional ladies? No, I just can't wait to see what next episode brings. And I really, really hope I'm not let down because I'm riding a high here and I need it. I need to see it to completion. Like Mary Cosby, I don't believe in faking orgasms and I want to come. I want to come so hard. (laughs) Everything's been leading to this moment. Please let me finish Salt Lake City. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Well, tell everybody what you're up to on your podcast. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So if you like me and you like Donnie, head over to I Am The Cute One where – you know, it's a Trojan horse. We say we're a movie podcast. It's really just a medium for us to – talk about our favorite subject, which is ourselves, and um, talk shit to each other, talk shit about things. So go over there. You can follow me at Ono Chels. I would say on any platform, but as I've said previously, I only follow Donnie on Twitter, and TikTok is full of really uh, misguided memes. So just follow me on Instagram, <laughs> at Ono Chels, and go ahead, again, mute those stories, and then just buckle up. Yes, it's perfect. Um, So I'll be back next week with Chelsea and Donnie to talk about part three of the reunion. And hopefully we all have a group climax. I don't know. (laughs) Ask, believe, receive. And so it is. (laughs) I will also be releasing an episode with my brother later this week to recap Traitors season two, episodes one to three. That is the most unserious, dramatic show I have ever seen in my life. It's a 50-minute episode, and it's like 45 minutes of like nonsense. I love it. I love it And 10 minutes of content. It's mostly Monica would thrive. If she doesn't come back for another season of Salt Lake City, please bring her on to Traders. I want to see a Traders with like Monica, Brandy Glanville, Candace Bassett, just like. Well, Brandy's already been on it. Send her back. Send her back. Send her back again. Yeah, like a villain's Traders. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I'll have that. And then I think at some point I will be recapping Beverly Hills in Miami this weekend. So doing the Lord's work. God <laughs> And guess what? I haven't climaxed on any of those. <laughs> Come on. We got blue balls here. Bravo. <laughs> Andrew Cohen's like, speaking of blue balls, let me kick it to you, Anderson Cooper. Let's take shots on New Year's Eve. You talked about blue balls and you turned into fucking Joe Gorga for a second. <laughs>